0: Welcome to the Hello First Name podcast. The Hello First Name podcast revolves around the term personalization and is brought to you by marketing author Rasmus Holi, founder of Omnichannel Institute and chief experience officer at the marketing automation software company, Agilic. The podcast is based on the book Hello First Name. Each episode is based in turn on a chapter from the book, followed by a discussion of the very same chapter with an expert marketing practitioner in the following episode. As always, you can buy the book on Amazon or other bookstores. You can also choose to listen to it all for free on your favorite podcast service. You're also very welcome to download the abstract of the book for free. And all models, of course, are able to download. All downloads are sponsored by Agilic. I'll make sure to put a link to everything in the show notes. But you can always connect on LinkedIn, and I'll be happy to reply and help out. Hello,
1: and welcome to the Hello First Name podcast. Today, we'll be discussing chapter eight from the book, um, Hello First Name, namely content part one messages. We'll be doing that together with uh, Dorte Carlson, previous set of data and insights at Storyhouse Eggmund, and currently a senior advisor at the agency Web2 Media. So uh, we're going to explore how uh, Dorte has seen different message variants contribute to a better and more personalized and profitable customer experience. Hopefully, at least that's what we get to find out. Dorte, welcome on the show. Thank you very much for coming. Thank you.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Uh, Doctor, your resume has uh, it seems to have a uh, CRM written all over it. I mean, from uh, uh, your CRM position at the Workers' Union uh, HK and uh, Head of Data and Insights at Storyhouse segment and now Senior Advisor at Web2Media. But in your own words, can you tell a bit about yourself and your career?
2: Yeah, of course. Um, for uh, the last 15 years, it's been all about customer experience and customer loyalty for me. Uh, mostly in some kind of subscription business. Uh, I love talking about how to increase customer loyalty uh, mm. and how to create this yeah relationship with your customers. Um, I used to present myself as a data geek marketing oh. profile. Uh, I thrive in the field between data, IT and uh, sales marketing. As an example of this, when I first started at uh, HOKO, uh, Danish union, uh, I showed up at the e- IT department on one of my first day asking for an overview of the IT system landscape and data model. And they were just like staring at me asking, okay, as I was a stranger and saying, okay, aren't you the new employee from marketing? What are you doing down here? But it's so Before important. Before yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> but it's so important for me to break down the silos between these departments. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, it's hard to work with uh, with customer experience and customer loyalty.
1: Yeah, yeah, truly, I, I cannot uh, I cannot disagree with that. Uh, things have changed. Uh, obviously, I think today a lot of IT departments they have had to care more about data and GDPR and marketing data, getting not only a hold of and being able to manage transactional data, but also all the, all the data that we're actually using in personalization and in, in customer communication. dot apart from uh, you being here today to discuss the chapter, you are actually also uh, one of uh, part of one of the expert panels for Hello First Name here in Copenhagen regarding uh, personalization and, and what that mm-hmm. is. So, uh, so re- regarding the term personalization, uh, what does that mean to you?
2: Yeah, Uh, that's a very good question. Uh, For me, personalization means uh, tailoring marketing message product or services to the individual customers or human based on their profile data, preferences, behavior, or Mm. something like that. And then provides via personalization, uh, provides more individualized experience for each customer.
1: Yeah. And, uh, how, that, yeah, I hope you agree. Yeah, I do. <laughs> uh, it, it's also very, very broad uh, the way that you describe it uh, and indeed also the way that we, we define it uh, in the book. And I actually think that's, that may be one of the, the issues with personalization that it is so broad. How easy do you find the conversations with uh, colleagues and clients around the, the term personalization without, I mean, without having any misunderstandings? How easy is it to, to have an aligned conversation about this topic?
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, sometimes they get mixed up with the difference of segmentation and personalization, where the segmentation is a more broader way of, you know, combining your customers into groups. And that's often a bit more easier to people. Uh, and personalization is more, you know, communication to a direct customers, but I, my experience is, though, that most people can define what personalization is, but the hard part is to actually get it done in practice. Mm. So yeah. often when I'm at the conference, speak as a speaker, they come up to people, come up to me afterwards asking, okay, it looks so nice in those slides, but uh, but how do we get started? Where do we yeah. start?
1: And what do you, what do you tell them then?
2: Well, I tell them that a good start is to map what you know about your customers and what you don't know about your customers. So get to learn, learn how to know your data and map your data models and your IT landscape and -hmm. uh, and figure out what data points you have that you can use most easily and then start testing off. Test, measure, learn is uh, Ah. always a good way to start to see if you can create uh, good results.
1: Because I mean, some also say that I, I, I generally agree with you that it's a, it's a good place to start to find out what do we actually know about our customers. Some do it the other way around. They say, okay, how would we like the customer journey to be? And then sort of a reverse engineer going back to what you were telling here. I mean, for which sort of, the, of these moments of truth do we have the data and where don't we have the data? Hmm. But I guess that's actually also what you're referring to here.
2: Yeah yeah yeah. Uh, in uh in Hoku we did uh we mapped uh, the whole customer journey with all the touch points but I will yeah. get back to examples of this and how we okay. used uh, personalized messages uh, after mapping a uh, customer journey. Ooh
1: yeah, cliffhanger, huge cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so so coming back to the the bow tie of personalization and uh, which is the main model from from Hello first name. So in the book we we have this distinction between uh, the two content types uh, namely messages and content feeds. How, how do you see the distinction between the two, and can we can maybe relate to maybe mm. some examples from your past or from existing clients and so on, where you're using the two different types of content?
2: Mm. Uh, well, for me, content is the offer or uh, the story you want to tell, and the message mm. is more how you're going to tell it. Yeah. If you're going to gonna do it in different ways to different customer types so for example uh if you have a branding video then that's the content and you can show it of course with different pictures or different uh headlines or so but if the video is pushed at a specific time maybe based on a life cycles touch point or something then and and we also um Thing is the yeah. communication and the motivation for seeing the video in a personalized way. Then I see it as a as a message, and then we personalize the message for this brand video or what else we want the customers to see.
1: Okay, so the uh, and, and how, is, how, how do you have some examples of, of content feeds? How, how what was a content feed in the case of uh, of HK Hoco uh, or in the case of Egmont? Which kind yeah, of content and- feeds did you have there?
2: Yeah. in Egmont, we had because it was a publishing house. So we had yeah. a lot of content articles. So yeah. we had a content feed of articles, but it wasn't always, you know, the nearest or the most read that was relevant for all our customers. Yeah. So uh, according to the personas we did or, or your interest or former clicks, both in email or in websites, we did the website tracking. So we did. Yeah. On behalf of that, so we diff- We we uh, yeah. We did. Uh, we showed different articles based on yeah. your interest in or your yeah. behavior.
1: Whereas the the movie that you were talking about is totally different type of of content.
2: Exactly. We had uh, the Egmont is a foundation, so we wanted people to know that that it was for a greater purpose. So we want to yeah. tell st- tell the branding story, but we yeah. did in different ways. Um, okay. Whether you were one customer type or the other.
1: You can tell tell me a bit more, more about that. So so we have like one message which is the the, the core idea of Egmont and that it's on a foundation and you were telling that in different ways. That sounds very much to to me like like personalization. Can you tell a
0: bit more about that?
2: Yeah, it is. So I mean I would Prefer, for instance, in a in a marketing automation wind back flow. Imagine if you could just uh, do a picture of a crying uh, children in Denmark saying, "Okay, <laughs> now that you have uh, that you have cancelled your subscription, then you are blamed for this child uh, have no uh, no <laughs> school education." But of course, we couldn't do it. But oh. we know the the motivation factors for different people. Some yeah. is price. Some is convenience. Some is Doing something for the greater good. So we yeah. described the different personas that we have in Egmond and describe their motivation as well. So of course, telling the story about a foundation was different based on yeah. what their motivation factor was.
1: So you're using what different images, or are you the different tone of voice, or how would you how actually would you, how would uh, the actually be?
2: Yeah, actually, it was both different images. Some was at what the what the purpose was, so that we uh, get more children to school uh, in Denmark, or whether it was you know the more talk about this is just how it is, and not not focusing on what the foundation did. Just that yeah. us earning money went back to doing something good, so Prices, that's uh, why you know, kind of your the price is so high, or you should keep reading. <laughs> so yeah, the motivation yeah. was uh, is different from people from, uh, from okay, yeah. all subscribers.
1: So you would highlight highlight the different courses that Egmont was supporting that you figured would best match the uh, the segment in the other end.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Interesting. Uh, how about the same for for marketing automation? Did how how you worked with with different messages for for different moments of truth? I know you did have actually a lot of marketing automation both in in HK and in uh, in Egmont.
2: Yeah. Um, well, the the. The example of doing it with campaign messages in, uh, in Eggman was, uh, for example, Mother's Day. We have this campaign newsletters, broad news, newsletters with every company has. The hard part mm. is to combine you sure? the market, yeah, you know, combine the marketing automation with their, with the uh, broadcast newsletters. So for yeah. instance, at Mother's Day. So we send a newsletter. But the message was, was different whether we were talking to the mom itself saying, okay, you should buy yeah. yourself a gift. Or yeah. the father saying on yeah. behalf of your children, remember to buy your uh, wife a gift. Or yeah. we communicated actually to children saying, okay, you can buy your mother uh, this, uh, this gift for Mother's Day. So based on sense. their earlier purchases and subscriptions yeah. and whether they were a mother or father or children, the the, the message was different. In, it makes total it, sense. Yeah, and yeah. Hoko... Good example. We did, <laughs> we did it in... Miley uh,
1: Cyrus would be proud. Uh, yeah. I can buy myself flowers. <laughs>
2: exactly, exactly. Uh, in Hoko, then we get back to this mapping of the customer journey. So mm-hmm. we identified our pain points and were able to optimize these pain points that we saw. A specific touch point uh, that was a huge um, pain point and a huge driver for churn was when people finished their education. Yeah. So in under, uh, when you are in school, then um, being a member of Hoco is free of charge. Yeah. Really. Then you gra- you graduate and you finish school, and then suddenly you just get a payment chart for one thousand Danish kroners, and of course people yeah. churn if they haven't no. learned what the purpose and what we can give them for uh, creating value. So yeah, actually, we looked at, we looked in data uh, saying okay, everybody's churned at this specific date. Then we uh, took data six months back and learned the. What have they done? What web pages did they visit? What did they Hmm. ask a customer service about? And all the things that we learned out of Data we used it to communicate before they actually get graduated, so that we were able to create uh, more value in marketing automation flows for all people who are gonna graduate. So six months before, telling them that if you don't get a job afterwards, then we're gonna help you all the way. And it's the same people that you meet in school. So we have these uh, consultants being on their on their school, so they know them. So uh, so hi. That's how uh, how it is when you have a sick daughter at home
1: while doing. That's podcasts. how it is when you have a sick daughter at home. Yeah, yeah this will be a sticker shot, a money shot for yeah. the uh, for the yeah. podcast. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Just coming back from a small interruption. Daughter, um, we were talking about graduation time for the time of graduation for for the members, uh, the student members of HK. And all the data you had for finding out what they've been looked at, looking at, and what they've been doing, and, and all the behavioral data that you had, the profile data, <laughs> can you tell us a bit more how you activated that data in in the actual mm. uh, in which messages did you put in front mm. of them in in the marketing automation flows?
2: Yeah, so one of the idea that came up when we did a brainstorming was actually uh, inventing a personal contact person that mm. followed them right from the uh, six months before, or they have seen these persons in the in their in their schools. Hmm. So, for instance, we had this girl called Maria who was consultant. So, in the footer of every uh, marketing automation, it was uh, sincerely Maria, uh, her personal number, saying she existed.
1: Yeah, she existed. Yeah.
2: So they have yeah. met her in the school and they know that yeah. they could call her if they had any question. Another problem that we saw was that in a union, uh, people often working there isn't that young. So mm-hmm. for young people to call customer service, talking to maybe a pretty old person, uh, yeah. could, have super yeah, could have a barrier. Yeah, could have a barrier and understanding he just needs. So yeah. Maria understood. Every student's needs, so so for them to know that she would be following them also after their graduation, maybe yeah. being new in a job or maybe it doesn't yeah. have a job at all. So until six months after their graduation was making total huge sense, huge impression and yeah. was reducing churn uh, with a with a great amount.
1: Yeah, that's that's interesting, and I think we're we're coming back to. It's so also discussing the different ways that a message can provide value. And I think this particular message that Maria will be there and she mm. speaks your language, she knows who you are and she understands your pains as, uh, as a student and as a young person. I think that's that's a great, I mean, the the value you're creating with that is basically the sense of feeling safe and feeling heard and feeling acknowledged and not being alienated by this big old union a month that may seem like a blast from the past for, for many young people. I think yeah, that's, exactly. that's a brilliant example mm-hmm. of, of how to create alternative value. So you give them the safety and then in return, they reward mm-hmm. you with, uh, with loyalty or with, with not, not leaving you.
2: Yeah. We actually did a test on this, uh, specific, um, uh, thing that we did with the, with the, with Maria saying, okay, some didn't get the communication that mm. just got the normal communi- communication. And a group got yeah. the one where she was in the footer always saying, you can yeah. just contact me. And mm. the third group actually got offered a coaching session, session, both up to their Graduation and their exam, but also afterwards mm-hmm. being this kind of underdog on a new, uh, working place or uh, yeah. didn't get a job at all. So we saw significant results from those who have actually had a, um, a coaching session, coaching but session, yeah. it was too expensive. So we couldn't, uh, we couldn't perform it for everybody. But, that, yeah. but I mean, this talks into getting to know your customers
1: of to be able are, to yeah.
2: personalize it even more.
1: And as I understand it, the uh, like the lifetime value of a union member is through the roof. I mean, once they're in and they mm. they they stay there, then normally they can become members for for many many years. So yeah. the the I think the looking at the cost of a lifetime value and what you can actually what it makes sense to invest in that relationship is pretty. It's probably a pretty good payback on that if if you consider the long term.
2: Yeah, and it's a lead flow that uh, that most comment doesn't have, saying okay, we have all these free yeah. members of uh, of, yeah. of, of, of uh, students, and then we just have to convert them into being uh, full paid members.
1: Yeah.
0: Hmm.
1: How how did you uh, did you use different channels for this? It could also be on a, an example from uh, from Storyhouse Egmont. Mm-hmm. Have, have you worked with sort of reusing messages across you know different emails or across different channels?
2: Yes, we did. For instance, this is school again, so we went through all the physical letters that we sent out, saying, okay, mm-hmm. is this in the right? Uh, is the right language? Do we speak the young people language? And actually we did some, uh, personalization as well. Uh, according to where they were in their, in their life cycles and how close they were to the graduation. And also when actually Maria was out at the schools, she had different Mm. flyers, whether she was talking to people who just started or people who uh, soon graduated. So we did it with the physical, of course, also with the pay debts uh, yeah. saying creating value for those who, who were soon to, uh, to graduate.
1: Yeah. So basically the, the same message is about you can feel safe in times of graduation. Um, but we, you had that in different variants for like different segments, but also for different channels, some for handing out physically and some for even the paid ads or some for the emails, yeah. I would suppose.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: Mm. Very, very interesting. Yeah. So uh, talking about value, uh, yeah. I mean, there's also... And we already touched uh, briefly uh, upon this. So so, the, so the right message uh, should generate value, of course, for the company, or there's no point uh, in doing this in the first place. Yeah. But then looking at value creation from a customer perspective, that mm-hmm. can become a bit more. I think that's a, that's a broader topic. It's not mm-hmm. always about either the money now or the money later. Mm-hmm. It's much more about all kinds of other things uh, as well. And we talked about this idea of uh, this Maria persona mm-hmm. and this like speaking in the... Uh, in, in, in sort of in the same mm-hmm. uh, tone of voice as these young people were young, to how that was giving them a sense of, of safety. Uh, do you have any other examples from your from past where the with the message that you pushed to the customers where it it wasn't for chasing the conversion mm. or asking for the money, mm. but just being like genuinely helpful? Mm.
2: Uh, uh, to start. Uh, in my point, it's uh, it should be two sides of the same coin because everybody knows <laughs> that uh, creating more value for your customers uh, should generate more value for business as well. So at least in the sense of true customer loyalty, then uh, then all
1: I don't disagree. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so so it should be uh, should be the same. But for instance, in uh, in Egmont, we did a satisfaction survey for all our customers in all our publications. So we learned that the subscribers for Donald Duck, which is a children uh, magazine in uh, Denmark, I think that uh, (laughs) most know, uh, were unsatisfied (laughs) because of the plastic. So you have this plastic toy wrapped in plastic, Mm. and the whole magazine with the toys is also in plastic. Okay. So we learned that a lot of people did comment on this plastic situation, living in the world where we want to take care yeah. of the world and everything. Uh, so yeah. we did a brainstorming on what can we do to increase customer satisfaction within this plastic situation. So we came up and, and invented a subscription for Donald Duck without the plastic.
1: Without the gift. Yes, yeah.
2: and without the gift, of course. So we communicated this to all the subscribers saying, okay, we got this feedback, we have listened to you, so now mm. we want to offer you to transform your subscription into one without any plastic. The funny mm. part was that all our customers scored a higher uh, satisfaction score. So overall, this satisfaction score increased, Together with the customer lifetime. So there were subscribers yeah. for and a long time. You didn't have time. to give
1: the plastic either.
2: No, yeah, yeah, we wish so, but it was kind of preventful because not almost yeah. to nobody changed their subscription into one without plastic. So, I mean, ah. it was, it was really funny inside. So, so we kind of did something to prevent it. But people didn't change the action. Yeah. I mean, when you come home from uh, from That's yeah, it's really you come home from yeah. work Monday, and if you can buy yeah. you know half an hour quiet with your children while they playing with the toys, maybe it's a good idea after all. <laughs> uh, yeah. But it 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 did that we increased the satisfaction and the lifetime value. So this was an example of creating value for your customers and also yeah. for your company. Without actually doing anything else than just letting people yeah, so know, yeah,
1: just just the message. Yeah, yeah,
2: we, we're just letting them know we yeah. hear what you're saying and we actually are willing yeah. to change something that we do within our company. Be mm. on your insights.
1: That's really fun because there's this 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 also. I think this this points to the fact that there's a difference between what people mm. say they want and what they really want. Mm. So basically, what they thought they want is that they wanted a magazine without the Mm. plastic gifts. But in in real life, they actually kind of did want the toy. They just wanted you to be a socially responsible company that didn't necessarily always send these plastic toys along. Uh, And just the fact that they knew that you were a responsible company made their... The promoter score or their, their satisfaction mm. go up yeah that's
2: um... and I think that in Denmark uh, people just want to be heard people want if they have something that they want to come, come up with uh, something mm. they are unsatisfied with they want to you know they want to be heard and and I say okay let's give them a virtual hug let them they know that we yeah. hear what they're saying so that creates a, a greater customer experience hmm.
1: Interesting, mm-hmm. yeah. So not always ask. I think this 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 thing about um, uh, about doing automation or, or, or doing advertising or uh, always chasing the conversion. I think this also comes maybe from a more uh, like an e-commerce mm-hmm. world where every single. I mean. Uh, people start with the abandoned basket flow and then they set up a, a, a welcome flow. And it's all about mm. chasing the conversion. It's all, always about getting the right offer there and a good deal and getting the first purchase. Once you have the first purchase, you need to chase the second purchase and so on. And I think throughout, a, maybe this is, this is probably different from, from a subscription-based companies, but of a lot of the retailers, at least when they get started with, marketing automation with personalization they're really doing everything they can to chase the conversion always mm. go for the money so if you have like 100 different touch points in the customer life cycle they would always mm. start by tapping into the mm. ones where they could ask for a purchase mm. or where they could give a good deal where maybe sometimes and this is what i hear you're saying sometimes maybe lean back a bit and uh I mean, do, the, do what's mm. right for the customer and then ask for the mm. money later. So at least not every single interaction is you asking for someone uh, mm. to, to make a purchase when maybe they already yeah. did. Uh, and, and the time for the second purchase is, is just not yeah. right, right around the yeah,
2: corner. True. I see it uh, <laughs> as well as, as you have to move from the product sale. So it's always been like that for e-commerce company as well, saying, okay, we have a product. Let's find the customers that want this product. Why don't move to see, okay, we have a customer. What do they want? Mm-hmm. And maybe it's not a product. Maybe yeah. it's a storytelling. Tra- yeah. If you're a physical yeah. store at a, at a street in the center of a town, you don't go out in the street pulling p- customers in saying, I, I have to this pair of trousers that, <laughs> that I want to sell you. No, yeah. people come in yeah. your store and then you ask them, how can I help you? And maybe they just exactly, cold yeah. outside, they want Out to get marketing. heated up or they want to chat. I remember when I worked at Balance Tidene, uh we had customers yeah. calling into customer service asking what time it was. It was, you know, lonely people <laughs> that just want to talk. So you never know what people want when they enter your store. And in a physical store, you yeah. ask them, why don't you ask them in marketing yeah. automation as well?
1: Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Coming back to, to today's topic around uh, the message. Oh. So uh, so with the, I mean, we've already had uh, kids uh, on the show today here actually. Uh, so, so when I talk to my kids and I want to get them to do a specific thing or whenever um, in a company you want customers to do a specific thing or um, then at least uh, here at my place, having different variants or saying things in different ways, even though it's the base, basic. The I mean, it's the same thing that I want. I want them to clean their room or whatever, or to get out of bed. Then saying that in in many different ways can be a good thing. Did you ever try that tactic in in your professional yeah, life?
2: Actually, I did because you also with children know that you have to deliver the same measures several times because before they actually understand yeah. what to do. <laughs> so I think it's the same thing with yeah. your customers. So in Egmont. Being a subscription business, not having product in your shelves like you have in a supermarket, for instance. But we did the same thing uh, anyway. So I wanted my team to list all the products, products that we have uh, that created more.
1: like the call to action, yeah, or... but it
2: could be maybe we have some, you know, the things that created more customer loyalty or more engagement. So if you have, okay. if we learned that ah. a specific payment method uh, created more yeah. uh, longer co- customer lifetime, then of course we wanted to yeah. convert them to a different payment uh, method. Yeah, but we also have yeah. videos, interacting, with our listening to podcasts, yeah. buying, uh. Yeah. Uh, from the benefits shop that we had that being a subscriber you can get a get a vase for cheaper than if you buy it in a store so we listed and i think that we came up with 30 things that we have on the shelves in our e-commerce company
1: yeah and then stuff that you can motivate people to do and you know that create uh, exactly. And then we
2: have our uh, personas combined with the individual interest and behavioral data. So we did this. I think that we generated 168 different messages for the same content, uh, but uh, communicated in different ways. So talking to a segment yeah. that we called Hygge Denmark, it was the elder and what their motivation uh-huh. was had to be uh, delivered yeah. in a different way uh, than communicating to, for, for example, leading, which was the more younger, yeah. the, you know, into new tech things. So
0: yeah. we had this, uh,
2: this uh, 168 different types of content. So instant creating an email, it would look at, okay, which content is prioritized for this specific mm. customers. Which segment, with personas, does it uh, does it fit into, and what are the specific uh, customers' interests? And then we created the email on behalf of that. And actually, we had KPIs that weren't that wow. business yeah. value related. We wanted them to be more engaged because we know that the more engaged. Mm. Uh, our subscribers was the longer lifetime. Yeah. And that's back to the to the yeah. to the two sides of the same coin kind of theory saying, yeah. okay, so at the end, of course, it was to generate more, uh, more uh, business value, but we diff- did it in a more yeah. sophisticated way, I think, by con- communicating about yeah. engagement and storytelling.
1: So let me just wrap up. So basically what you did, you had All these things that you could have people do, which was basically Mm. part of your offering from uh, from Mm. Storyhouse Eggman. And then depending on which segment Mm. the customer belonged to, you'd have different versions of motivating them to do that particular thing that you knew would, at least on a statistical level, drive mm. higher stickiness and better cost. Not only in earlier.
2: segments, also personalized on the specific individual behavior, like tracking, for instance, which size are they into fashion yeah. or makeup or travel or children. Uh, so so that was yeah. a factor as well.
1: Yeah, great. I think this, uh, so so uh, f- a few weeks back, I had uh, Peter Anders Frank from, uh, from Metas on the show. They actually, f- I think they were working somewhat with the same or they are working somewhat with the same that you described here. And them being a retailer, they found that if they can increase the mm. engagement and they have all these things that they can motivate people to do, which doesn't necessarily have to be about buying other stuff. It can be about buying from multiple categories mm. and such. But they found that if they can, if they can increase mm. the engagement, they have proven that they can also mm. increase the customer lifetime value. And which I think is mm. crazy interesting because this is really where you can then mix the different ways mm. of creating value. So if we do what's right mm. for the customers, they will mm. reward us in the long term. We may not be able to notice that in the short mm. term in terms of conversion rate optimization and so on and so on. But this is really where the mm. emotional customer loyalty, where they feel heard. And this is where mm. the, the personalization yeah. really kicks in. I think that's crazy. Imagine could be the danger, of course, mm. also that you could have... Some examples where more engagement doesn't create higher customer lifetime value. I, I cannot come up with anything right now. I think yeah, it's, you okay. need to prove it somehow with the, with the yeah the exactly. But
2: imagine a family having one subscription, for instance, for your wife. She has a subscription for Alpha yeah. Daemon. and then you can read your man yeah. on your tablet digital, and your children can read Donald Duck without paying yeah. for it. So now yeah. we don't actually have more business value, but you. Go and tell your yeah. children that you're going to stop your subscription and they can't read Donald Duck anymore. And s- seeing your daughter with yeah. the big eyes looking at you say, Oh, no, dad, it would, it yeah. would uh, you know, yeah. take some efforts from you. Yeah. Of so, course of that course, would. you have a longer yeah. lifetime.
1: Yeah. 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 You know, I have subscriptions that I cannot mm. turn off. So, mm. so, Spotify, I mean, all my kids mm. are using it and my wife and I. So, not a simple decision. People mm-hmm. have built up their playlists and so on. Mm-hmm. So even though a playlist doesn't create no. more value for Spotify, just the fact that it is there, it yeah. provides more True. stickiness. <laughs> Interesting. Um, mm-hmm. On a more general level, have you used the option of changing the the communication channel depending on the, on the yeah. segments?
2: Um, yeah. Uh, working with personas and other segmentation, both in op, HOKO, and Egmont, uh, this persona was enriched by the digital consumption and preferences, and then we communicate it in their specific preferred channel. An example is this, when you have customers that opt out from their content, their marketing content, Instead of just going, sending them mm. to a landing page saying, okay, you're now unsubscribed from our newsletters, see you never. Yeah. Uh, then maybe you can, yeah. you can give them an option <laughs> of choosing never. another channel saying, okay, if it fits them more to yeah. follow on Facebook or Instagram or whatever channel, mm-hmm. uh, SMS, whatever their needs are, or maybe also from the frequency. Saying, okay, okay, I regret yeah. uh, unsubscribing because I just want a newsletter once a month with the best topics. So, going from you know clicking yeah. on an yeah. unsubscribe list and to a landing page saying, okay, now you're not unsubscribed, then giving them a chance saying, okay, are you sure? Are you just you would just want a fewer frequency or uh, followers in the channel? So, giving them options,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's a uh, that's a beautiful way of not always saying not not always getting the big no, but get, maybe getting a, another kind of yes exactly. or a smaller kind of yes. And if you're into retaining customers or subscribers or winning them back later, that mm. that's always exactly. a good idea, right? We're we're about mm-hmm. the coming to the end here, Doris. So I have mm-hmm. a, one final question for you, which is um, <laughs> one that I always uh, ask at the, at the end of the uh, the episodes. So. As a customer, uh, as a consumer, mm. what's your own favorite example of personalization yeah. that you would experienced?
2: Uh, I have a lot of examples, but for my yeah, I know, for my <laughs> daily great. day, my my greatest example is Nimli.com. I'm uh mm. <laughs> yes, online, online grocery, grocery retailer. retailer. Yeah, I'm uh, a heavy user and a VIP customer. I rarely step into a physical supermarket anymore. So they have all my data i've said yes to everything all members of my family has downloaded the app we use it as a grocery list which means if my son wants me to buy something yeah, then problem. he just added in the in the shopping uh in the in the basket yes and it's my husband card, yeah, does it as well. And yeah. then we, you know, maybe two, three, four times a week, then we um then we actually submit and we get uh, yeah, groceries delivered. Check it out, yeah. And yeah. the best part is that they know that my motivation is convenience. I don't wanna spend any time yeah. going to a supermarket uh, at 5 o'clock with people with crying kids or standing in line my my yeah my time that is too uh, too <laughs> precious for me to do other stuff so so it, when yeah. i you know search for milk then it's my kind of milk that they know I buy every time that's on the first. So yeah. I normally I sit in weekends and I yeah. tell my husband, okay, I will go grocery shopping now. And then I just go to the couch and it's really yeah. fast because, you know, what we need uh, during the last yeah. couple of days are in the basket. And I just search and then all my favorite products come up as the first uh, one to choose. So Nemli.com, Yeah. Same day delivery is for yeah. me. Convenience Big is uh, is uh, the
1: main factor for yeah. being. It's actually kind of fun because we had the um, for one of the uh, the expert panels uh, we had um, we had the, the the chief the previous mm. uh, chief commercial officer mm. from uh, from name.com. Uh, I think we were discussing content feeds because that that's very much the content that they have. They don't do a lot of stuff about uh, you know all mm. the. Cr- creative messaging and stuff that you can do and so on and so on. They're very much into... So you come to Nemli.com, you come there for the products. So the way that they're mainly working with personalization is mm-hmm. namely that of content feeds. How can they mm-hmm. decide which shelves to put in front of you? So, I mean, we all know this thing about shopping mm-hmm. at a supermarket that you're not familiar with. It takes you ages because they sorted the shelves differently than what you normally do. But Nemli.com are doing mm-hmm. this actually really great on the, on the super category pages, sorting the product uh, subcategory pages, Uh, differently and and doing that in a personalized way and also marking up all the products that you normally buy i mean your favorites and so on so that's actually Mm. one of the ways that that they are going to uh, that Mm. they that they're working with personalization and we're going to cover that Mm. uh, in a a later episode so uh, thank you very much for being on the show daughter and uh, i will uh, see you you all there soon bye bye
0: thank you for listening in on this episode of hello first name Remember that all models and even a written abstract of the book are available for download. You'll find the link in the show notes. In our next episode, which is a classical audiobook chapter, we'll be listening to Chapter 9, Personalization in Campaigns. How does personalization create extra value in campaigns? Which extra revenue is there to get? How can you even save money and resources? In other words, which levers do you pull to profit from personalization in campaigns?